We hope you enjoy this podcast from Light Church Edithburg. To find out more about us, visit lightchurch.co. All right, we want to grab your seats. Fantastic. Um, last week we started a series called um, Maturity in Faith. Have we got that sort of background there? Thanks, guys. Um, and Ben, Ben talked about, started to talk about this, this subject, maturity in faith. Uh, who, who was here last week? Anyone get that? Yeah, grab hold of that. That'll be, that'll be on the website this week, this week sometime. And Ben read a couple of scriptures, and I'm going to reread them today, and we're going to, again, revisit those verses. Ephesians 4, verse 16 to 21. And it says, I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, talking about that he is God, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts. As you trust him, your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how deep and how high his love is. Sounds like a song, doesn't it? How deep is your love? should write that one day. May you experience the love of Christ, although it's too great to understand it fully. Then you'll be made complete. Wow. You want to be made complete? Understand the love of God. You'll be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Amen. We'll leave it there. Um... And we're going to read uh, Colossians 2. I think we got this on, on the screen. Colossians chapter, yeah, 2 verse 6 and 7. And now just as you have accepted Christ, Jesus as, you, as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. Accepting Christ is just like a start. That's not, that's not the thing. That's like the beginning. Let your roots go down into him and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught and you will overflow with thankfulness. Thank you. That man gets a free coffee today. I asked him to get me a drink, but somehow he came back with a biscuit as well. Thank you, Andy. So Ben last week started to talk about this, these verses and I, um, I'll just recap on some of what he said. And he talked about maturity in faith had it's really nothing to do with how old you are or how long you've been a Christian even or even the, the studies you might have done, although that's going to be a help for sure. But instead Ben gave us five thoughts about what Christian maturity or maturity and faith might look like. And he said, there's no compartments in your life. May Christ be at home in your hearts. And that's in every part. That's, that's your Saturday night as well as your Sunday. When you're at the footy or, or when you're here or when you're at work or, or the different areas of your life. Um, so we give him full access to every room, I suppose, of our heart. And uh, the second measure, he said, that you will be filled with love and um, let it be high, wide and deep and long. And to be filled with God's love is so important because that really affects how we interact with people. And for many people, 
how they interact with followers, followers of Jesus is their indication of, or their picture about what God is like. So we need to be filled with love because we represent him. And um, the third thing he said, that you'll be empowered by the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God that gives you joy and peace even through the stormy times of life. He also talked about the fruit of the Spirit. Was it love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control? Is that them all? I think it is. And he talked about them being a you know, cluster. You just can't choose one or the other. And as we allow the Holy Spirit to work in our life, he fills us. And uh, this happens as we're connected with God. And it's a pretty natural thing, the fruit of the Spirit. As you connect with God, you get fruit. It's not something you've got to, you know, we've got to work with God, but it shouldn't be something hard. Have you ever seen an apple tree trying to push out an apple? Like it's in the labour ward or something like that. It doesn't happen that way. It's like a natural outflow of us working with God. And the last thing he, he talked about was that you would overflow with thankfulness. I wonder what you overflow with. If I knock you, what comes out? You know, if you're filled to the brim with something, someone knocks you, what comes out? That's a good indication of what we're filled with. We overflow with thankfulness. All right. And uh, he said the se- last week, the secret to maturity is to keep close to God. Well, let's pray. Lord, we thank you for the word, Lord, um, that we're going to look at today. And I pray that we'll see you, Lord, in a greater way. And um, Lord, let us become more like you as we meet together in Jesus' name. Amen. In, in those verses we read, you, you see the words build and grow a lot. Um, and you must continue to follow him. Let your roots grow down into him and let your life be built on him. And building and growing is a process. Anyone ever tried to build a house at the moment? Anyone back there? <laughs> takes a while. takes longer than you think. <laughs> or longer than it should, maybe. Um, and so it takes time and it takes patience. And when you build for something that's going to... If you want to build something that's going to stand strong, it needs a good foundation. And uh, the higher the building, the deeper the foundation. The stronger the building, the wider the foundation. And once a building is up, you don't see the foundation. It's, it's hard to see. It's below the surface, but it's essential to keeping the thing strong. It's not always visible. And I've found that's the same in people's lives as well. Also, as a tree grows, we see the trunk, we see the leaves, we might see the fruit if it's a fruit tree, but we can't see the roots going down. And often the roots are as big as a canopy on top. Um, and when you see a person who seems to be thriving in life, a person who seems to weather the storms of life, it's usually because their foundation is strong. Um, their roots are deep. They're feeding on the right things. They're planted in an environment that allows them to thrive in the sort of fruitful times, but also to stand strong when things aren't going well. Sometimes, you know, we're not always bearing fruit, a fruit tree, but sometimes you just weather the storm so the fruitful times come. 
We read in Colossians 2. Can we put that up again? Thanks, uh, guys. Colossians 2, verse 6 and 7. Yeah. And now, just as you have accepted Christ as, as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. Verse 7. Let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you are taught and you will overflow with thankfulness. Well, here's some observations. I've got some observations today for you about what I see maturity in faith. This is what I've noticed. I've noticed this, that maturity isn't always evident. Um... On the outside. It's not found on first impressions. You meet someone and, you know, some people sound really spiritual, you know, and other people, they just sound normal. And the, and the ones that often sound super spiritual, they're the ones in the stormy times that seem to shake because it's, it's, it's not always evident on first impressions, Christian maturity, because the foundations are below the surface. The roots are below the surface. And um, often the ones that seem less vocal are the ones that weather the storms. And I've found that maturity in faith is easier to see in the tough times than the good times. Um, Because faith is tested in the tough times. Foundations are tested in the tough, tough times. And we see how our roots are going in the tough times. And so it's not always evident. Um, Matthew chapter 7, verse 24 to 27. We're going to read this. This is Jesus speaking. Anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise, like a person who builds a house on a rock. Though the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against the house, it won't collapse because it's built on bedrock. But anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey, it is foolish like a person who builds a house on sand. When the rains and floods come and the wind beat against the house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. So here's the thing. Maturity doesn't develop as we hear stuff. It doesn't develop as you might hear a preaching or someone reading the Bible or studying, whatever. And it's really important to hear. But foundations don't develop as we hear. Foundations and roots develop when we put things into practice. That's what Jesus said. Lots of people hear, but only some put into practice. And those who put into practice, they're the ones who actually build a strong foundation. Roots go deep into the word um, when you do something with it. Um, So my observations, first of all, the first one was this, maturity is not always evident. And number two, maturity is developed as we put into practice stuff that we hear. And guess what? We need storms. Who loves the storms of life? Who embraces them? Gets out on the front of the Titanic and says, come on, do your worst. No one? Good. Yeah, I don't do that either. But guess what? We actually need those times in your life, and this is why. Because they show you what's rock solid in your life and what isn't. Because sometimes, I don't know about you, I've heard things and I've put them into practice 
but when the storms come, they didn't hold me steady. So the storms also reveal what teaching, I don't think that's solid. I think I need to listen to something else. And so storms are good in that sort of way because they, they shake us and we need, we need to be shaken so we find out what is good and what was a bit shaky in our life. And so we need the storms of life. Storms test out, am I building on the right things? So when you come through it, you take stock of, you know, what's happened and you think, that was good, that was dumb. And you adjust. So maturity is, is not always evident. It's developed as we put into practice. And maturity isn't, doesn't just have a foundation, it has a fruit as well. And, uh, you know, we're told not to judge people in a condemning way. The Bible's quite clear about that. Don't put people down or, or don't condemn people, but it also says you'll know people by their fruit. So that's an observation. So, um, because fruit indicates maturity. So if someone, someone is advising you to do all this stuff and their life is a mess, guess what? Take your advice from someone else. Look at the fruit, not just someone who knows the theory or thinks they know the theory. Someone, hey, that person weathered that storm. I think they've got something. Go with the advice that has fruit to show. And the fruit of the Spirit is a, part of, a big part of that. So maturity is not always evident. It's developed as we put it into practice. It's got a fruit as well as a foundation. And maturity develops with consistency. When we read that verse in Colossians, it says, as you accepted Jesus, you need to continue to follow him. It's a, it's a, it's a journey. It's, it's an ongoing connection. And it's talking about good habits being around good models, good choices. Not, not this, oh, I tried that for a week and it didn't work. You know, some things take time. Roots take time. Consistency is a key. Okay, here's another thing I've noticed about maturity. I want you to write this down, if you write things down. Maturity in faith is measured by the gap. The gap. What do I mean, the gap? I'm not talking about the gap in the front of my teeth. I'm talking about a gap. The gap between when you get offended and when there's forgiveness. How long is that gap? The gap between when I hear God speaking to me and I actually do something. Maturity, I think maturity is measured, the shorter that gap is, is an indication of maturity. Now, the time gap between hearing God's voice and actually the obedience. How long have you held that grudge for? Now, now I know things like, even forgiveness is a process. You, just, you don't just happen overnight and you're magically healed. It takes a process, but there is a starting point. And when we first hear God and we first act upon. So maturity is measured in the gap. So go for a small gap. If your gap's long, let's, let's, let's shorten it up. And the ultimate measure of 
maturity is being Christ-like. Hey, I didn't say biblical, I said Christ-like. What do you mean? Well, we can be biblical. Okay, what does that mean? Okay, you did something for me, eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. That's biblical. But it's not Christ-like. So we can't pull random verses out of different parts of history and think it's, we're being biblical. Hey, let's be Christ-like as Christ is revealed in the Bible. Because really, that's what we're called to be. The rest is just part of the story. We just can't grab something from chapter 5 and think it's the end, the end result. The ultimate measure of maturity has been Christ-like. And I thought about it quite a bit over the years about what does it mean to be a follower of Jesus, a disciple, mature in faith? Is it, is it doing courses? Sometimes, you know, you become a Christian, you, you might read some studies, that's good. But when you wrap it all up, it's about being Christ-like. Uh, we got Ephesians 4 there, guys, that I'll give you that. Verse 1, yeah. We'll just read, yeah, we'll read these three verses. Therefore I, this is Paul writing a letter, prisoner serving the Lord, beg you to live a life worthy of your calling. Live a life worthy of your calling. For you have been called by God. And then it sort of unpacks about what that might look like. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with one another. Making allowances for one another's faults. Do I have to make allowances? Can't I just tell them to do it right? Make allowance for one another's faults. Sounds like the fruit of the Spirit because of your love. And what's verse 3? Make every effort to keep yourself united in the Spirit. Binding yourself together with peace. That first verse said, live a life worthy of your calling. Now I've come up with some reminders. Can I have my helpers? Can you, can you help? Can you help? Can you scurry around and uh, give out those little bookmarks to everyone present and sundry? They're going to run around and give you one of these. And what this is, I started to think about that being a follower of Jesus is actually a way of living. It's not just ticking all the boxes, okay, I've, I've said the sinner's prayer, I got baptised, I've done this. It's not, it's, it's, that's really what it's, it's not about that. But it's about how we live. And I thought I'd just give you a reminder to take away of some things I've been thinking about. This isn't a concise, complete list but it's some of the things I'd like you to think about. And this is about how we change from what we just hear to become active. Because I think when we, when we take things into our life and make them active in every part of our life, that's when we build strong foundations. All right. So the first one. Live a life characterised by love. This is how we live. Living a life characterised by love. Hey, I want you to think about this. Who's heard of sin? The word sin, right? The word sin in the Bible means, does anyone know what the actual word means? It means to miss the mark. It's like if I was doing archery, there's, a, there's a, like a target there, pating, I miss it completely and I hit the wall. That's what the word sin actually means 
to miss the mark. And, um, and often we, def when I th just uh, say the word sin to some people, they'll think about all the different things that you do wrong. Well, it's a murder, it's lying. It's but I want you to think about sin in a different way. Because the definition of sin is actually to miss something, not to do something. And what are we missing? We're missing being Christ-like. Sin is actually the failure to love. Let's look at it. Instead of all these things, 100,000 sins you could list, think of it this way. Sin is a failure to love, a failure to be Christ-like. When you put it all down to it, that's what it is. And it you know, manifests itself, sure, in different ways. How about we define sin as a failure to love today? So if we live a life characterised by love, it's, it's like being Christ-like. That's what it means, being Christ-like. And if we're doing that, that, that's hitting the target. So maybe just a, a way for you to look at those concepts in a different way. So first one was living a life characterised by love. Okay, how are you going to do that tomorrow? How are you going to live your life characterised by love? Well, I think I'll just try and be like Jesus. Well, that's a good start. Because that's really what it's wrapped up in. Number two, living in communion with God. What's that talking about? That's talking about, you know, prayer and, and the Holy Spirit fellowship and, um, and worship and connecting with God. It's, okay, how can I do that tomorrow? How am I going to do that? Am I going to put some worship music on or, you know, I'm going to speak to someone or pray with someone? Number three, what's that? Living in the Word. Can I encourage you, when you read your Bible, um, look for Jesus in it. Because how is Jesus revealed in the Bible? He's called the Word of God and who is Jesus? When you look in the Bible, look for who Jesus is and who am I in Christ? And growing in my understanding of the Bible is growing in my understanding of Jesus. What he's done and then trying to apply that to my own life and that's building foundations. But get into the Word. So when you read the Bible, ask the question, what does this say about Jesus? Sometimes it says the opposite. Some of the examples we have in the Bible are to show us the other side. Some of the examples in the Bible are to show us what we might be like. We're not always the good guy in the story. Sometimes we're the person who does perhaps the wrong thing. Okay, what's the third one? Living a life of trust, surrender and obedience. Well, that sounds a bit... You know, I think we should live a life of something called repentance. Who's... Who's heard of the word repentance? For some people, repentance is, oh, I've got to come here, I've got to cry my eyes out and, you know, go back and do the same thing again. You know what repentance is? Repentance is this. We're walking a certain way and we hear God whisper something to our ear and we change because of what we heard. That's repentance. And we need that every day. And sometimes that is like a, 180 degree turn and sometimes it's a five degree turn 
And so living a life of repentance means when God speaks, I trust that even though I might not understand it, I surrender my will to his will and I, and I obey it. So that's what it means to live a life of trust, surrender and obedience. Living a life of repentance. How are you going to do that? Or will you do that? Because this is what it means to be a follower of Jesus. This is building foundations. What's the next one? Living with integrity and character. Well, that's a bit challenging. What's that talking about? Honesty, accountability, things like morality and purity, being an example to others. We, we see things in the New Testament like this. Be in the world and not of the world. In other words, when you go into a situation, you be the atmosphere changer. Don't let every situation change you. That's what it means. That's what, that's what Jesus did, didn't he? He went into all sorts of situations and it changed because he was there. He, would, he never sort of... He knew what to join in with and what not to join in with. He knew how to love people. What does it say about pure religion in the Bible? I forgot to write this down in James or somewhere like that. Pure religion is to look after those in need, the orphans and the widows, and to keep yourself pure from the world, it says. That's pure religion. Okay, what's the next one? Living a generous life. Hey, I, I reckon a really good start for this, before you talk about any sorts of things like you know money or giving anything, is giving the people the same grace that you've received. Sometimes we take forgiveness for ourselves, but not for them. Or we make allowances for ourselves that we don't make for others. Well, I'm just like that. It's a weakness of me. But, but then, can I encourage you to give with generosity the same grace you receive to others? As you've been loved, love others. It's also talking about generosity and serving God and serving one another, serving those in our community, living as a steward of what God has given us, our resources, generously giving our time and resources, um, living as an active part of a spiritual community. You know, notice I put the word active there because there's no spectators in a spiritual community. We're all active. Someone needs your encouragement, I'll tell you what. And uh, you need someone else's encouragement. Their prayers, their direction. There's, you know, we need one another. And if you want to grow healthy in Christ, you need to be in a spiritual community. In fact, I remember seeing, oh, I don't know, about 10 years ago, there were some orphanages in some ex-communist countries where... They just put kids away with had disabilities and they were just by themselves. And when they were by themselves, they just got worse and worse and worse because they were isolated. But when they were in a loving family where they felt the hug and embrace of family, all of a sudden, they started to get better. There's something about being in isolation where we just don't grow right. We need one another. We need one another. We need to be in a spiritual community. And um, okay, a couple more. Living as an ambassador. Woohoo! Ambassador means wherever we go, we represent Jesus. Well, how do I do that? Well, well, what, what did Jesus do? 
Well, he just showed love to people when, wherever he went. He didn't think, well, I'm in church now, I'll do it this way, but now I'm, I'm somewhere else, so I won't be like that. It's, it's showing the goodness of God. It's being a good billboard for Jesus. A great advertising, being a light, representing him. An ambassador always connects people to Jesus. If you were an ambassador in Japan, you live in a place called the, the embassy. And if you're an Australian ambassador, that embassy is actually Australian territory and you represent that country. And, you know, we can be like that with our lives. You know, we represent the kingdom of God and we represent, we represent uh, the God of that king as well. Live as, a, live as an ambassador. And one more there. Living in light of eternity. Well, what does that mean? Well, we're all going to pass away one day, aren't we? Or some might think, no, no, Jesus is coming. And but we're all going to go into eternity. Living in light of eternity, to me, means making your decisions, not just based on the next couple of years. Well, I'm going to move to, you know, Una Wup Wup because of the awesome paying job out there. I'm going to take my family up there. There's nothing for your family, but there's money. That's living for the next few moments. Living a life, the, the, the decisions we make are generational. They affect the next generations. But how, how is this going to... Uh, what, what's this going to do in, in light of eternity? And I'll tell you what, you, you live a little bit different. You make different decisions if you make decisions in light of a bigger picture, in light of eternity. Now, now I hope that you'll take that home. Do something with it. Add some more. I'm sure you've got some more things. But to me, maturity in faith is living a certain way. It's not doing the right... It's not just ticking the boxes. Yeah, I've done that. I've been to church. I've gone baptised, so I must be mature in faith. No, it's not. It's living a certain way. And maybe, maybe you can... Uh, if you just pick up one or two of them, then that's fantastic. If you can add some more, do that. Stick it, stick it on your fridge. Can we stick it on our fridge? Kerry was even going to stick it on our fridge, and nothing gets on our fridge. Our poor kids, when they were younger, they bring stuff home from school... Didn't even make it to the fridge, Rob. <laughs> Straight in the, in the wheelie bin? No. Nah. There's a few things there. The grandkids have made it more than the other kids, haven't they? Uh, all right, we're going to pray. And we're going to finish there. And um, Lord, I thank you, Lord, for this group of people, Lord God. I thank you that I see in, in people here something incredible foundations, some great fruit in people's lives, Lord, and many of us have been through all sorts of different situations. Lord, and I pray we'll be people who grow strong in you, Lord, who weather the storms that will certainly come in our life and give us those habits and practices, Lord, that, that um, make us a disciple of you, Lord, who follow you, Lord God, not just sort of accept you, as our Lord, but continue to follow you. Let our lives be built on you. Let our uh, roots grow 
deep into you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, thanks for coming. Um, If you're able to stay around, have some coffee and, and bless somebody. God bless you, church.